Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. All right, overnight crowders, joining us now, Jasper Chelifar from the Inner Sanctum to help us look through the big stories coming out across the AFL world and also to talk about another passion in the NBA because it is, as we know, the big playoffs, the final series in the NBA. Jasper, thanks for joining us here on the overnight crowd. We love talking to you. Hey, Jen, I hope you're having a nice night. Absolutely, absolutely. I had a bit of a a horror yesterday, as the overnight crowders know. There was no parking when I arrived to work, so I had to drive home and get dropped back into work. So tonight, for everyone, much more smooth. (laughs) I have parked. How is there no parking at night? forgot about WA Day, and there was a huge um, (laughs) evening element to it that it was occurring. So it was just absolute bedlam and... Yeah, anyway, that was my own fault. Poor poor planning from Wallace's behalf. So tonight, going a lot smoother. Thanks, Jasper. Um, look, some things that haven't probably been going very smooth. Let's focus in on them. A couple of bans for a couple of star players, Melbourne and Fremantle news coming out at the moment. What do you make of both the Stephen May situation and the Frederick situation for Frio? I thought, well, they're kind of a bit polar opposites because I think Stephen May's um, situation is pretty grim. I think the reports of what he said um, to Jake Melksham. Hopefully everyone's seen them, but yeah, they're pretty disgusting to saying the, the D's wouldn't have won the grand final that, that they won about, about, you know, 14 goals. Um, if Jake Melksham was in the side, that's, uh, that's pretty grim to, to say to your teammate over um, a nice stake at, at Entrequois in, in Peran. So um, I think from his perspective to get one game from the club is, is pretty light because Absolutely. based on that, um, he's got the he's got the game for drinking in the concussion protocols, um, and not actually for the for the comments that he made. And then Melksham apparently has um, kind of knocked him to the floor with a punch. Um, he's a great boxer. Growing up, he was a junior boxing champ and chose to play footy. So I'm not surprised that Melksham got the better of him in that fight as well. Wow, I mean that's right. If you, the one match ban in the sense of breaking the concussion rules within within house and and having a, a drink of alcohol in that sense, but. The bigger story has to be how do you recover and how do you deal with that as a teammate perspective because that's not having your mates back saying stuff like that. You're exactly right. And um, Stephen May has a little bit of a history with this with Campbell, Campbell Brown up on the Gold Coast. And Melbourne's really tried to sweep this one under the rug by saying he's been suspended for drinking um, during his concussion protocols when this has all come out. The, the restaurants kind of started to come out and say it wasn't just a scuffle. There was a fight inside and it went to the uh, it went to outside area um, and there was there were more than just the two involved at, at one point trying to break it up and whatnot. So um, I think that yeah, this is this is a pretty big story that will be leading the headlines for a while, simply because Melbourne tried to you know sweep this under the rug and they could have probably quashed a lot of the, the intrigue around it if they released a statement on what actually transpired, but um, they were trying to get away with it. Well, there you go. And the thing for Melbourne right now is that we're sitting here going, it's not panic buttons. They're 10 wins, two losses, <laughs> not a big deal. But little things like this start to make you wonder because even amongst the overnight crowders, they're like, we'll get Steve May back. That'll that'll help everything out and we'll get some of our structure back there. And then he does this. So you now you're starting to even um, – put a black cloud over the, your supporters who always have, have really passionate about Melbourne at the moment would be really disappointed that something like this has occurred. Exactly right, Jen. Um, it, it's come at possibly, probably the worst possible time for them 
coming off two losses, I know that it's not panic stations at all for the D's and they're still pretty heavy premiership favourites. But it is a huge road bump in their season that was coming along perfectly um, over the first what, 11 rounds nearly. So, um, yeah, a little bit um, of a worry for the D's. And I think hopefully they sort out this culture kind of issue because I know they've had a couple of different things be raised. Um, Goodwin at a pub down Sorrento Way during the preseason was another issue. Um, but yeah, this you know I'm sure the D's will be able to get through this one, and Stephen May hopefully gets back on the right track because the last few years of his um, playing career and then off the field by all reports has been um, fantastic. Well, it's going to be a real testing time because the Melbourne side have been held up as the pinnacle of culture and standards. So now they've got a, a little challenge both on and off the field that they, they wouldn't have been expecting the, the off-field stuff. They knew that people would eventually would come at them on-field and that they'd have probably a little bit of a blip themselves. But off-field should be much more in their control. So some frustrations there. But what about Fremantle forward Michael Frederick, a real favourite of people like myself as a Fremantle supporter. What's going on there? Not adhering to team standards. And this is the one that um, Jack Ginnivan got spoken to um, by his leadership group about, which, you know, ran um, kind of the headlines for a few days um, earlier in the season after Anzac Day and his performances there. Uh, Frederick has um, had a drink on a six-day break. Obviously, if there's a blanket rule from the club on six-day breaks, you can't have a drink. Um, then, you know, that's, that's just what you have to adhere to, and, and Freddie hasn't. Um, so, you know, the suspension, you know, you look at what Collingwood did with Ginnivan, they had a chat to him afterwards. He won the Anzac Day medal, of course. And then Frederick, he's been suspended flat out um, by J-Lo, which is, yeah, a, a different path to take. But I think what you mentioned about Melbourne being the gold standard for, for culture and um, accountability, I think Fremantle is kind of putting it out there that, this is the the big call, but it sets the standard for the Dockers going forward. And they know they have a very special, they're having a very special season, and they want it to continue. So, Frederick missing a game is not going to impact their season too much, you would think. Um, but he's going to come back, he's going to learn from it, and hopefully he's going to be a better football player for it um, after the suspension. I think having good, strong moments like this, it, it helps along the way and, and helps with that. Well, as we're talking, the, the big buzzword in culture, and it is required. They will have a fairly big inclusion leading into this weekend against Hawthorne. <laughs> Fifey should be back 90 minutes plus, I think, at Waffle on the weekend in a game over here that drew a really good crowd to local footy and uh, I think plenty of money spent across the bar, probably to other clubs annoyance because it was at Subiaco football club. And I think they might be the most well-off club in um, waffles. So I'm sure someone else would have preferred to have had that money go across the bar, but either way, Fifey coming back in is a huge inclusion for Frio. Where does he fit in? Well, firstly, Jen, I want to get your thoughts because we didn't have a chat about it last week, but did you think he should have gone through the waffle or come straight into the, the AFL side in hindsight? Uh, I thought that he wouldn't. I thought Fifey will just make sure he's done everything he needs to do. They'll set it up through training. I, I just think I thought that that would be the way it would, would go. I actually loved, yep. probably similar to what we're talking about, this culture and what they're trying to set up, that they did send him back through. It was 10 months, I think, overall since he last played any sort of competitive game of football. And aside from maybe the uncontrollable risk of maybe COVID as everyone rushed into him at the end of the game and he was surrounded by the crowd, (laughs) um, the rest, it went really well. And I think you've got a role to play as the AFL clubs in making sure that you're actually honouring the Premier, the leagues underneath you and West Coast, look, we know they've had other sort of stories going on, but they have been bringing their players back through Waffle. 
and I liked that um, Fife was not too big for that sort of area and went down, really enjoyed it, got around to all the guys and, um, you know, was stuck out there at the end because he didn't want to leave because he wanted to ensure there was a win. I mm. liked it. Loved it. I absolutely, I absolutely loved it as well. And that's maybe talking in hindsight because beforehand I thought he should have slotted straight into the AFL side, mm. especially in a big game against the Lions where, you know, they attracted such an incredible crowd for Optus Stadium. But looking back on it, um, that was the perfect decision. And the fact that they won both games, Peel and Frio, um, I think showcases that one. But to your point um, about his position coming into this, Frio's just run a, a pretty shallow midfield because they're all chipping in really well in Caleb Sarong, Andy Brayshaw, um, Will Brody on the recruits of the year and David Mundy. So it'd be really interesting to see if he comes into that rotation and how much um, how much so, because they'll have to expand it to five um, players simply because those four are just playing too well in the midfield to ever leave them out of there. So, you know, we know he has an incredible selfless attitude. He's a legend of the game, but he's so team first oriented that I think he can just come in here, play a forward role, um, like he alluded to in the press over the week. Um, and it's Nat Fife. I think he'll be the man in September because this club's in a really special spot right now. And they can, if they host a home preliminary final, that's a that's the kind of stage that Nat Fife is made for. So um, hopefully he gets a good block in in the second half of the season and comes fit and firing into September. You just hope that a, a player like that does get that nice clean run without injuries. Uh, and another player in pretty special circumstances, Carlton have confirmed after three years, I think it was 1,066 days that Caleb Marchbank yeah. is back against Essendon on Friday night. It's so special. And what, what makes it all the more interesting is how important um, he's going to be over the next month and how desperately they need him. So for him to come back after over 1,000 days at the perfect time for the Blues, um, he could be, you know, he was a key player um, for them at his best three years ago. And he's going to be a key player for them again right now. So I hope he gets a really good run at it, like Fifey. And, um, you know, you think about how Rory Thompson came back after a couple of games and then had that knee scare. We just hope that Caleb Marchbank gets through these ones, these games, okay. Um, and fortunately, he's coming up against some witches' hats on Friday night. So uh, hopefully that's a good run for him against uh, my Bombers. <laughs> yeah, so you can get away with calling them the, the, the witches hats, <laughs> Jasper. We're speaking with Jasper Chalipa from the Inner Sanctum here on the Overnight Crowd. Um, Jasper, your thoughts, I suppose, as we head into the second half of the season, um, where do you see a, a couple of teams and, and what they've got to do? They've had We've had a few that have had that one week by. Let's focus maybe in on them. What happens now for them? What do they need to do in this second half after they've had their rest? Yeah, there's a good mix um, of finals, hopefuls um, and teams outside of the eight that won't be getting a look in firstly for those teams. Essendon, I think they just need to show some spirit. They get guys like Jake Stringer back, which is going to be really good. And I'm confident they get a few wins on the board in the second half of the season. Um, but what you want to see as an Essendon supporter, as pundits, is a lot of spirit, a lot, of, a lot more of the game plan we saw in 2021. Um, and hopefully playing some youngsters into form so they can hit the ground running in 2023, uh, which is, you know, honestly, at this point, it's the main thing for the Dons to, to get done. And then for GLUS, it's very similar, but Mark McVeigh is going to have a really good chance to audition for a head coaching job in the off-season. And, and same with James Hurd, same with Dean Solomon, uh, which will be really interesting because the finals are gone for them. But what they've done really well um, to start off their campaign in the last two weeks is playing players um, in different positions or maybe even their normal position in the instance of, of Cornelio and Josh Kelly. Um, I think ha having Himmelberg go back 
has been huge as well. That's been a great find because he can now play in defence with Sam Taylor for the next five years, I think. Um, and then also for DOS, I think there's a watch on Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper. One of those guys might be leaving at the end of the season. Taranto's out for the next three weeks, they're reporting, um, with that back issue that held him out for the last few weeks as well. And then Jacob Hopper may not come back this season, depending on his injury and his rehabilitation, because if the season's gone for them and they want to move on one of them, um, they might be making a choice pretty early on in this season. And who else have we got looking at? Port Adelaide. What about, uh, yeah, where, where are they sitting? Yeah, it's going to be a big fight for the finals there. On the outside, looking in after that 0-5 start, their form has been uninspiring despite the win-loss record of the last kind of seven-ish weeks. But that's not to say that they don't have the talent to make it. And I actually, I think the last time we talked about Port a couple of weeks ago, I, I still had them making the finals. Um, I'm not completely convinced that the record um, will get them into finals. I think you need at least 12 wins and they're they're in a fight to get that. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they are able to do it. And and one team that they're going to be fighting against who's on that precipice of the eight is Richmond right now, who's got an incredible, incredibly difficult upcoming three weeks. Firstly, it is Port Adelaide, Richmond, and then the Tigers come up against the Blues and then the Cats. So I think from from a Tigers perspective, they probably need to win two out of those three before they face the Eagles in a month's time to actually make the eight. And we know they're you know, very confident if they get to September that they can cause a few upsets. But um, I can only see one of Port Adelaide and Richmond making it from here on out. And we touched quickly on Carlton before when we were talking about Marchbank coming back in and how important that's going to be. How about them coming off the bye now? Obviously, slipped down into seventh, but that's because they didn't have the game. Um, they've got four from the last five. They come up against Essendon. What's their run home like? Yeah, well, they desperately need um, one of Caleb Marchback or Sam Durden to come good over the next month for, for Jacob Weedering while he's out because they just need to tread water before they get back one of their most important players in, in the star fullback. I think they have the Essendon on Friday night, which is you know an absolute must win. Um, they probably should win that one. And then they've got a really interesting run after that one with Richmond, Fremantle, and then St Kilda. So that's going to be a really telling month of footy for, for Carlton. And we'll get a good gauge of where they're actually at because right now their best is, you know, top four quality um, premiership contending and their worst in a lot of second halves where they've fallen off and, and just found a way home. Um, it, it hasn't looked very convincing. So Carlton and St Kilda will be fighting for that top four chance right now. St Kilda um, is in a better position. Uh, they just need to stay afloat while they get Jack Steele, their captain, back in the next few weeks. Um, but I quite like the Saints' position right now. I think they've got a pretty favourable run home, considering they finished in the bottom eight last year. Um, they've got a quite a kind draw. Um, and I think the, the way their club is ticking along right now, they're flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, and what about Essendon, your side? I'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, it seems like ages ago to me that win over Hawthorne. What would you like to see to give them a pass mark for the second half of the season? Yeah, uh, there's no pass mark for the rest of the season, unfortunately. It's already a fail. But what we want to see is these young kids developing. I need to see a a guy like Tex Wanganin get a consistent run. Um, I want to see Ben Hobbs into the midfield. I want to see Nick Martin trial to centre bounces to see if there's more to this guy that we've picked up um, in the pre-season, if if there's actually, you know, possibly a centre bounce midfielder in him. Because we've seen how special he can be on a wing and a forward flank, but 
I think there's, there's a little bit more to him and, and some more um, craft and creativity to his game that we're not quite seeing um, out in the spaces. So hopefully we, we get some youngsters in, in positions where they can flourish for the next decade. Guys like Zach Reed at full back um, and, and even a guy like Harrison Jones at, at full forward because you need to get these guys in place and get 50 games into them before you can actually work out what you have there. Um, and they're just not up to it right now. This is, you know, to, to put it in perspective, this is the youngest um, team they've put out on the park all year in the competition in terms of games played and age. So, you know, you can't expect too much of that club, but Essendon's have really overrated themselves coming into this season. Um, and that's that's why the pundits have, have come at them mercilessly over the last few weeks. Um, and I can't see that um, kind of going away anytime soon if they don't start to show some spirit. Well, Jasper, thanks for all of that AFL chat. Before I let you go, NBA Finals, it's won all the series, Warriors versus Celtics. Who's going to take it out? Where are you putting your money? Yeah, it's beautifully poised right now, Jen. It's the Game 3 in Boston on Thursday morning. It's a 1-1 series, as you said. So the Warriors I had in seven, I think I still like that prediction. I feel I felt like coming into this series, we were destined to be at 2-2. Um, after four games, and I'm gonna, I'm pretty confident that's the way that it's heading right now. I think if you look at what the Warriors are able to do at home, I know they lost the first game, but their home record over the playoffs has been exceptional. So that extra game at home, if they can steal one on the road, will be vital. And in Game Seven, with um, Chase Centre exploding with um, with Warriors support, um, I think they'll get the job done. But this is just such an incredible series to watch Steph Curry and Jason Tatum go back and forth and which witnessing something pretty special if Steph Curry is able to win this one he'll probably cement himself as a top 10 player of all time and one of the greatest players of our generation I want it to go to game seven as well Jasper thank you so much for jumping on board the overnight crowd tonight always a pleasure to speak with you yeah always a pleasure have a nice call tonight Jen Thanks. That's Jasper Chelifar joining us from the Inner Sanctum. Uh, what do you think of uh, Jasper's thoughts across the AFL season so far? That Stephen May and Frederick, two different situations. But, yeah, let me know your thoughts. 0433 9811 16 is the text line. And 1300 736 736, the open line. You know we've got the winner and margin up and going as well for Collingwood versus Melbourne, the big freeze. So let me know where you sit on that as well. Let's keep talking here on the Overnight Crowd. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.